Miracy. Now, those are all old beliefs that got stimulated by that new thing that you've committed to. And that's one of the problems, not just in the coaching world, but in business and everywhere in life, is that whenever you make a move forward, whenever you commit to something new, those old beliefs come up and try to get you to be safe. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped over 50,000 entrepreneurs in creating profitable coaching businesses. In this podcast, I invite coaches to explore difficult coaching conversations and situations, but also to look deeper into ourselves as professionals and the business challenges we may face from time to time. There's a saying that goes, if you believe it, you can achieve it. If we believe in a goal or a dream, then assuming we can work hard enough, the achievement is inevitable. And that's the power of our brains. But beliefs can also be major causes of unhappiness, upsets, and limitations. So what if you could clear your limiting and negative beliefs and do it permanently? My guest today has developed a methodology that helps his clients clean out their subconscious beliefs and remove those blocks and barriers that interfere with forward progress in every area of life. He's a therapeutic transformational coach and entrepreneur. Today, I'm having a conversation with Lion Goodman. Lion built a million-dollar consulting firm working with senior executives and Fortune 1000 companies and has been a consciousness explorer for more than 40 years. I love that part, consciousness explorer. And that accumulated knowledge has morphed into his clear your beliefs method that we'll talk about today. He says that beliefs are not right or wrong, good or bad, or true or false. They're simply tools we use to shape our reality. Welcome, Lion. Thank you, Melinda. It is so great to be here with you. I'm so happy to connect with you and thrilled to have you as a guest on this show. But before we go into the topic about beliefs, I want to hear about an extraordinary and incredible situation. You've had a near-death experience. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It's my most famous story uh, because it's been published widely and and a movie's been made about it as well. I call it a shot in the light because uh, I was shot and almost killed by a man who uh, I had picked up whose car had broken down. And I traveled with him for three days, grew to trust him. And then the third night out, he pulled out a gun and shot me in the head four times. And during that experience, I knew I was going to die. So I expanded myself into the cosmos and connected with spirit and was saying my goodbyes. And when the fourth bullet hit me, I suddenly was back in my body because I'd been out of my body. And I didn't know why I was in my body when I was supposed to be out of my body. So I turned and looked to him and, and he freaked out. And he said, why aren't you dead? You're supposed to be dead. And I didn't know the answer to that question. So I, all I could say was, here I am. And then he said, this it's too weird, man. It's just like my dream. And I said, Oh, what dream? He said, I dreamt that I was shooting this guy, but he wouldn't die. But it wasn't you, it was somebody else in the dream. And my first thought was, Who is writing this script? Like, this is right out of some weird movie. 
we ended up talking with each other. I talked with him and he talked back for eight hours. Uh, and then after many other adventures, we let each other go. So I took myself to the hospital and I got sewn up and I was okay. It took about a month to reconfigure myself. But during that cosmic experience, I saw that I was not just a body. I was a spirit and everything was going to be okay. Wow. After eight hours, eight hours, you were talking with this other person and then you took yourself to the hospital. Yeah. And now here you are. How many years ago was that? I was 26. So it was a lot of years ago. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was 46 years ago, something like that. Now that, you know, that kind of experience has an impact on every single part of every aspect of our being. And how has that experience, how has it shaped your career? First, uh, I had already been studying consciousness and spirituality. Even though I was 26 years old, I got started early. And so it really reinforced everything I had learned and studied because I experienced myself as not a body, as a spirit, as a being that was that wasn't reliant on a body. So it really reinforced my study, but I continued my studies and my trainings and workshops. I took over a hundred trainings and workshops after that, trying to figure out what is this thing called being human? <laughs> what is the nature of human nature? Why are we like we are? What is the basis for our psychology and our actions and our decisions? And also after that time, I became a headhunter. Uh, which was kind of ironic having had my head just hunted. So I had a 25-year career in executive search and executive consulting. And all during that time in my evenings and weekends, I was doing workshops and trainings and doing shamanic journeys and everything I could do to understand consciousness. That really was my driving force. And at some point I realized, wow, I, I could actually help other people with what I've learned. And I began training people in a process that I had kind of downloaded. And that grew and blew up into this whole huge Clear Beliefs coach training, which is now 20 weeks and ICF accredited and got almost 600 coaches that have been certified in this process. So it's been a long journey. I am old, uh, <laughs> but it's been a glorious journey because everything I learned, I've been able to put into practical step-by-step processes that can give other people that kind of experience, not being shot, but opening themselves to what's true about themselves. You mentioned you were a headhunter. How did you go from being that headhunter to becoming a coach? You said you downloaded this methodology. How did that journey happen? Well, it happened by accident or by economics. We could say that during the dot bomb, I had this million dollar <laughs> consulting practice and all of a sudden it went from a million dollars to a quarter million dollars to zero. <laughs> and uh, so mm. my whole industry just went just, you know, flat. And I was kind of flailing around going, now what do I do? And um, my girlfriend at the time was actually teaching coaches how to be coaches. And she said, you ought to be a coach. And I said, I don't know anything about coaching. And she said, of course you do. You've been coaching executives for 25 years and you've got all this inner work going on. So I'm going to give you my clients because I don't want to coach anymore. And I went, okay, accidental or intentional. I'm not sure which. Both eventually they're the same thing yeah. after a certain period of time. We realize that, I think. Yeah. You say it all begins with beliefs, but to clarify or even define it for our listeners, what are beliefs? What's their function? 
most people think about beliefs as a mental construct, something we're committed to, like I believe in less government, or I believe that my God is the right God and your God is the wrong God. That's what most people conceive of as beliefs. In my research, what I've found is that beliefs are actually much deeper than that. They're the infrastructure of human consciousness itself. Babies, when they're first born, even actually while they're still in the womb, are identifying patterns and then sorting them so they can survive. So for example, a baby may come to the conclusion, if I cry and make a fuss, I'll be taken care of. That's a conclusion. Now, the baby doesn't have words, of course. It's kind of an experiential conclusion from their experience, from their experimentation. What do I need to do to get cared for? So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the very core of how we sort the world out, how we sort ourselves out, how we relate to other people. So I came up with a cute definition for beliefs. Uh, beliefs are the alphabet with which we create the language of our experience. So that shows you how, how deep it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's the, let me, I just want to repeat that. The alphabet for which, say that again. Yes. Uh, beliefs are the alphabet with which we create the language of our experience. Talk more a little bit about that. What do you mean by creating the language of our experience? The best thing I can do is give people a direct experience of it because I could talk for hours about it, but it wouldn't be helpful. It's because talking gets us information, but doesn't get us transformation. Transformation comes from experience, right? So let's do this, Melinda. So close your eyes for a moment and feel what it feels like to hold the belief there's something wrong with me. Now, it doesn't mean there is. It just means it's a belief you're trying on like an outfit of clothing at the store and just feel what it would feel like if you held that belief 100%. And I invite the listening audience to do the same. Okay. And then tell me what that felt like in your body and your experience. It's very tight in my body, dark. I actually noticed that I hunched over in my chair more. Mm -hmm. And that's very typical for people I've talked to all over the world. When I've offered that suggestion, that belief to try on, those are the kinds of reactions that most people have. And some people have variations of it. So now throw that away. It's like you, you were at the store, you tried on a, an outfit and it made you look terrible. <laughs> so you throw it away and try on a different one. Try this one. I am a sacred and worthy being. Yeah, my breathing slowed down. It got deeper. A little smile was on my face as I heard it and thought it myself. And you can take that one off or keep it if you like it because you get to choose what beliefs you have in your life and, and operate from. So that's a demonstration that our beliefs create our experience. And every belief we have is creating an experience somewhere in consciousness, most of it in the subconscious realm, because as we're growing and learning, we add new beliefs on top of the old ones. and It kind of pushes the old ones down into the subconscious mind, but they don't just go away. They don't leave. They stay there kind of hiding with one eye open in case anything stimulates them. And what happens is, as we live our lives in the now and our current circumstances, we decide to move forward. We say, I'm going to reach out to four new people today to market my services. And what happens is that those old beliefs get stimulated and they jump up and reassert themselves. And they say, whoa, 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 you know, you might get rejected. You know, don't do that. Nobody wants to hear from you. This could result in humiliation. It's like, why would anyone want to talk to you? Now, those are all old beliefs that got stimulated by that new thing that you've committed to. 
And that's one of the problems, not just in the coaching world, but in business and everywhere in life, is that whenever you make a move forward, whenever you commit to something new, those old beliefs come up and try to get you to be safe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's what holds people back more than negative or bad circumstances in life. It's those internal beliefs that are driving us into doubts, into distractions, into procrastination, and all the other things that most people experience when they're trying to create a business. Whenever anybody takes a leap out of their comfort zone, we are now you know, profoundly in the land of uncomfortableness. It's by nature how that journey goes. It's supposed to be uncomfortable because it's new and different and it's asking us to be conscious. And if I'm understanding the way you're describing this, to bring up those old beliefs and just have us check in and say, yes, I still agree with those or no, I don't. I'd like to make this one different and new. We just have to be conscious about that. Yes, there's many ways of dealing with those doubts and concerns and fears, uh, one of which is to use your will to just override them. You know, just do it. And that's great for people with a very strong will. But as far as I can tell, that's about 5% of the population. Most of us don't. I think you're being generous. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Most people are stopped by their limiting beliefs, their childhood wounds, the beliefs they have about themselves, about other people, and about the world. And so what I discovered, and this is kind of my story, is that in those hundred workshops and trainings and practices I did, I found that some of them worked pretty well some of the time. A lot of them didn't work at all. And every once in a while, something would like really have a big impact on me. And so I started saying, well, what makes the difference between those big impact experiences or trainings and ones that didn't or ones that were temporary or partial? And what I realized is that the big impact experiences touched all parts of me. They touched my mind, my body, my spirit, my emotions, my my energy level, my relationships, my finances, right? They were like whole system changes. And so that's what got me interested. And that's why I started designing my program around multidimensional coaching, we could call it, because experiences are multidimensional. Beliefs are made of experience. So beliefs are multidimensional. And so to clear them completely, you need a multidimensional process because that's why the other processes, most processes don't work permanently because they're only touching part of the system. And that's why they appear to keep coming back and back and back. And that's why there's this myth that you have to keep doing the practice over and over and over to change the brain, blah, blah, blah. We haven't found that to be the case. That when you clear something from the psyche in a multidimensional, complete way, it's gone and it doesn't come back. So there's that kind of profound experiential change that makes people go, whoa, how did you do that? I'm thinking about some of the coaching sessions I've had with my different coaches or when I've been at different events or part of programs or even in talking with some of our clients. The way I describe it is like, wait, I don't feel like my brain synapses are forming like they used to. Like I can't even think about that thing, whatever that was. It's like it's even hard to have it as a thought. It's It feels so foreign. Yes. Which is what you're describing, that kind of experience. Exactly. Now, let me ask you about this. The word ambivalence, right? Because I've had a lot of clients or myself when I'm going through different changes or my coach is coaching me on different stuff. There's this spot of ambivalence where 
you know, it's uncomfortable enough that it's annoying or frustrating or challenging, but it's not quite uncomfortable enough for us to actually completely do something about it. Because it's like in that in-between where it's like, I kind of see this as a limiting belief, but not really. I kind of want to do something about it, but maybe not yet. And they're in that place. How do you address that with yourself or with your clients? I love that question. So what I discovered was ambivalence is based on having two beliefs that are opposite from each other or opposing each other. And when you have two beliefs that are opposing each other, you know this saying, resistance creates persistence, right? So you're resisting one belief with the other belief. They start pushing against each other and you get stuck because it's now fixed. It's not flowing. So what we've found is that to get through that kind of dual belief problem, what you do is you clear both beliefs at once. You get rid of them both. And then you have the space to create the new belief that will actually move you forward, make you feel better, heal your wounds, etc. So that's often the case. People get stuck a lot because one belief says, I really want to lose weight. And the other belief says, yeah, but I want to eat that chocolate cake in the refrigerator first. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's human dynamic. Sometimes we get really attached to our stories, to those beliefs, those limiting beliefs or old beliefs. And it's like, you know, that favorite pair of shoes or that favorite coat that we just don't want to get rid of, but they don't fit anymore. They've got holes in them. And it's like, that just, that's not good. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Let's talk about the inner voices first. I teach as part of my training, there are no bad parts inside of us. Every part was formed for a good reason at the time. And later, as you grow, that strategy that that part's using to protect you or keep you safe isn't working so well. Let's uh, talk about the inner critic. The inner critic is there to align you with your parents so that they don't throw you out to the wolves <laughs> or flush you down the toilet. It's like if I take on my parents' beliefs about me, I'm a piece of crap. At least I'm aligned with them. I can survive. And then later, as you grow, that old belief that that part has that I'm a piece of crap and I need to be a piece of crap or show that I'm a piece of crap or demonstrate it, that's no longer working. But to the inner part that got formed when you were three years old or five years old, it doesn't know you grew up. So it's still using the same strategy. They're trying to do their job. They're just doing it for your child self, not your adult self. So we work with those parts and we actually give them new jobs. We awaken them to the fact that you're no longer three years old and that the adult needs something different. Like if they're providing safety, well, maybe they need a different kind of safety. They're not three anymore. So we say there's no bad parts. There's only bad strategies. Okay. That is powerful. I love that perspective. Now you've been talking about some of the ways that you work with your clients in the introduction. I talked about how you've developed a methodology called the clear beliefs method. Can you tell us about that? Sure. It's an amalgam. It's based on 100 plus trainings, workshops, and practices that I did. And I took the best of the best. Once I identified that beliefs were at the core, beliefs were multidimensional, and you needed a multidimensional process to clear them, then I started looking for what are the practices or the processes that can be used to do that. And so I brought in processes from probably 20 different sources, put them together, integrated them, added some missing pieces, 
And so the Clear Beliefs Method and the Clear Beliefs Coach Training teaches you 15 different major methodologies, one of which is finding core beliefs, the ability to find the core underneath all of the stuff, of the, <laughs> the problems and issues that we have at the surface. That's one of the key abilities for our Clear Beliefs Coaches. And I teach 13 different methods of finding core beliefs because everybody's different. Everybody's unique. Some people are more visual. Some people are more auditory. Some people are more kinesthetic. And so every person and their issues and how they grew up will determine how we approach them and what we do for them. And then we use this process called the belief closet process, which is a very specific internal visualization that allows you to completely get rid of a belief. So all of the visualizations and all of the processes are built to be very practical tools for a coach to use to do deep therapeutic coaching. Now, coaches are not supposed to be therapists, right? That's what the ICF says. But we're not teaching people to be therapists. We're teaching coaches how to coach in a way that clears the past because you can't move forward if you haven't cleared the past. And that's where I differ with the ICF is we have to deal with the past because that's what's holding us back. And these are tools that can go and quickly clear out that thing that's preventing you from doing the thing you want to do. Now, let's talk about the topic of coaching businesses. You know, a lot of our listeners are coaches, service-based type of entrepreneurs that are listening in. And so let's look at some of these limiting beliefs that block the progress of building our coaching businesses. You know, whether it's getting clients or supporting our clients and helping them get results, making money, whatever that might be. What are some of those areas that you see that block that progress? Most of the coaches who come into my program are experienced coaches with a business and they want to expand. They want to get better. They want to have more clients, better clients, make more money, do more business, do teaching, whatever. And so the first thing to do is to look at where you're stopped and find out what's in the way. Because everybody, it's different for each person. Uh, there's certain commonalities like, you know, I'm not a good salesman. That's one I hear a lot. And I ask, well, have you ever taken a sales training? No. Uh, so do you think that you're going to be a natural? Like if I asked you to play a concert on the piano, would you be able to do that? No. Well, do you think you might want to practice and take some lessons <laughs> to do that? Right. Yeah. Okay, good. So so that's actually just, that's where a person takes their experience and they apply it to themselves as if they're flawed. And so we help them identify the difference between a capability, which comes with, with study and practice, and the self-vision of who I am. So that's a typical one that, that really stops people. Another one is, if they ask me a question, I'm not going to know how to answer it. And so I teach a form of intuition training in my training so that you can actually relax back and allow your deep wisdom and your deep love to come out and present what's needed for that client at that time. So there's that as well. There's so many different categories of things that hold people back, but they're all based on the beliefs and the patterns that we've established in the past. Yeah, that was a game changer in our program when we identified what's preventing you from moving forward. Where are you disconnecting and disengaging? And I really love, out of all of this that you've shared, one of my favorite takeaways that's really changing my thoughts right now is that inner voices are not bad voices. They are just doing their job 
but they're just not aligned with who we are in this moment. And uh, I really love that. But to not see it as limiting or negative, but it's just this internal belief structure. Let me identify it. Let me clear it. And now let's move on. And it just becomes more approachable and something that I can navigate instead of something that's constantly holding me back. Right, right. And the reason that they're not who they want to be with the business they want and the lifestyle they want is because of these limitations that are programmed into them, often by other people. Indoctrinated beliefs are really important because our parents told us who we were. And we accepted that because it ensured our survival. And the fact is, is that all beliefs are limiting because a belief is taking the infinity of the universe and kind of squashing it down and putting it in a box and saying that's what's true. And of course, that's only a partial truth. So once we get that, once we see that all of these things I believe are true, are just partially true or maybe true or maybe untrue, then you could just work with them as, oh, I got messed up. Let's clear it up and move forward. Love that approach. Now let's just summarize what we've covered today because we have covered quite a bit on this topic. So I just want to do a recap for our listeners because you started out by sharing with us the deeper definition of beliefs, of it being the infrastructure of human consciousness, right? Every belief that we have is creating our experiences. It creates the language of our experiences. And our internal beliefs, some of them, you know, they create doubt, asking us to kind of pause, become conscious. Is it working for us or not? But one of the things that I really enjoyed was when you reviewed how these big impact experiences that you were having, when you kind of dissected that, you came down to it's, it was affecting your whole system, every part, your spiritual, psychological, health, emotional, every element was being changed. And you called it the multidimensional coaching and this multidimensional process that is really distinguishing from what you've described and what a lot of other people are doing. They're only approaching changing these beliefs from one of those aspects instead of the multidimensional, all of those all the parts of that process. And that when you approach it that way, you clear something from the psyche and it's cleared, it's gone and it doesn't come back. And I loved our dialogue about ambivalence and having those dual beliefs and to not address one or the other, but to clear both of them at once. And the reframe that I'm taking away is the inner voices are not bad voices. They were created for a purpose. They're serving their purpose. We just have to up-level them, to change them, to clear them, awaken them, and transform them. And you shared with us your amazing process with the clear beliefs method and your belief closet process as a way to do that so that we can create those healthy beliefs that are aligned with who we really are. And some of the limiting beliefs that you observe with coaches as they're building their coaching business. And step one, whether it's you listeners doing this for yourself or helping your clients to do this, ask them, ask yourself, what's in the way? What's preventing you from taking action? And then making that distinction between your capabilities and yourself so that you can clear those beliefs. So Lion, do you have any parting words? First of all, thank you for having me on your program. And you are amazing at keeping track of conversations. (laughs) So you covered the whole territory. I really appreciate that about you. The last thing that I would say is 
if there's something that's holding you back in your life or in your business, examine your beliefs. If you don't like where you are or who you are, examine your beliefs and learn how to clear them out of the way because that will open you to who you really are, your true self, which is glorious, magnificent, a light shining in the world. And I know that everybody listening wants to shine their light in the world. That's what we're here for. So there's just stuff occluding it, like the clouds occlude the sun. The sun is there. You are there. That's who you really are. Let's just clear the clouds out of the way so you can shine and give your gifts to the world. That's what you're here for. And uh, that's my work. That's what I love doing. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Lion for this amazing conversation about clearing beliefs within our clients and within ourselves. You can find out more about him at clearbeliefs.com. That's clear, C-L-E-A-R, beliefs, B-E-L-I-E-F-S.com. Lion, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you, Melinda. It's been a great pleasure. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Once Upon a Business and Making It. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. In that way, you make sure you receive future episodes. And if you like the show, please give us a starred review. It's a great way to help us get connected to more listeners. 